and welcome back to International House of Combat. Kelly Nelson here, joined as always by Steve Willey on this wild travel around the world. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing all right. I am feeling okay. I'm ready to talk some wrestling from around the world and blow off some steam. So (laughs) it's a a good way to uh, do so with what we're watching today is blow off some steam. Yeah. Well, for sure. This is comfort food wrestling. Um, Yeah, it's going to be really fun. And we won't waste time bitching about the the state of the world and, and whatever else um, <laughs> is, is stressful. We're here to talk about wrestling and specifically classic international wrestling. And today we're going to focus entirely on Puerto Rican wrestling. And specifically, we're going to focus entirely on the feud between Carlos Colon and Abdullah the Butcher, which, yes. uh, yeah, for the um, International House of Combat logo or poster or whatever you want to call it, that's the image of, uh, there's an image of uh, Carlos coming off the top rope onto a prone Abdul the Butcher. So I figure it's about time we looked into this feud. There's no shortage of matches between the two on YouTube, I don't think, specifically from around this time that we're going to look. And this is 1986. I don't have a ton of actually off the top of my head or in front of me with any notes. I don't have uh, any exact dates other than 1986. And this, what I do know is that this specific iteration of the Cologne Butcher feud basically kicks into a extra gear in this first match we're about to watch. We're going to watch a six man tag with Carlos Cologne and the invaders versus Abdul the Butcher, Chicky Star, and Ron Star. And I won't spoil things ahead of time. I'll just say that there's uh, an incident in this match that leads to this feud uh, hitting another level, and I think really probably led to the most well-known part of their feud or or, um, chapter in their feud and probably some unbelievably um, successful shows with huge crowds and all that. So I'm not, I'm far from an expert on Puerto Rican wrestling, WWC. I, I love it. I love what I've seen over the years. There's, it's plentiful on YouTube. There's tons, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, there's tons of Puerto Rican footage out there from the 80s, um, early 90s and tons of Carlos Colon, tons of blood. And yeah, it's, it's super fun stuff. So we're going to look at three matches. We got a tag, then we got the match that comes from this tag. Um, you can guess who is involved in it and what it entails. And then we have one final match um, involving Carlos Colon and somebody other than Abdul the Butcher. But we'll let all this footage play out and and I won't spoil anything ahead of time because I don't even know exactly what we're going to see here and how it's all going to go. Steve, um, we've talked about Puerto Rico on a earlier episode. Maybe just quickly again um, explain any um, prior knowledge or, or how much you've seen over the years of Puerto Rican wrestling. I've seen very little. Uh, we've gone down as a family to Puerto Rico a, a couple of times. So I was able to watch some there. Um, 
and just was a was amazed. You know, I'd heard stories. I've seen like matches here and there. I've watched some of. Uh, I've watched pretty much all of Randy Savage while he was down there, just from a, a classic set from him from during his times in Memphis and, and Puerto Rico. A uh, little bit of Abdullah, but none of this. And I, I'm excited to go through this because it's a feud. It's like our, our Garvin's Rougeau episode where you start to see yeah. stuff come into play, where you know where the story is coming from and build up to it as opposed to you know, a lot of podcasts or, you know, if you're going through footage, you're just watching a, a match on its own. Mm-hmm. So this will, this will be, this will be intriguing. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the, the even this iteration of the feud, this is just a, a few of the major highlights. Um, I know there's some legendary like promo segments and, and interview segments in from this time in Puerto Rico that of course um, the, they're in Spanish. So can't understand exactly what they're saying. And I've seen little bits and pieces, but there's some really crazy angles they shoot um, or they, they shot in those um, interview segments that we could have added to this and stuff, but we'll, uh, we'll go with the matches and I think this will be a pretty good time. Okay. So the first video we have Carlos Colon, the invaders versus Abdul butcher, Chicky star, Ron star, 1986. We'll do the three, two, one and go countdown and we will enter a world of mayhem in Puerto Rico, <laughs> 1980s. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Here we go. Immediately, we have... Okay, the match hasn't started. We're just doing the intros. Chicky Star introduced first. Um, Chicky Star was, for years one of the top heels in Puerto Rico. And and this is from the that stadium is quite famous in San Juan. Um, in 1985, the WWF ran a card from there. I believe it was the same stadium. And that one's available where halfway through the show, it started pouring rain and the, but the wrestling, the, the card kept going and there's matches literally where it's like raining sideways while they're wrestling. In the, <laughs> Um, that's, that's a classic one to see, um, 1985 Puerto Rican, Puerto Rico, WWF. But anyway, back to Chicky Star. He was a baby face and he turned on invader number one, I believe it was. It was sort of, um, I think it was kind of a mentor student type deal where he betrayed his mentor and became a heel and then ended up becoming just this unbelievably hot heel where he managed all the top monsters and heels coming in to face Carlos. He feuded with Invader One. He, yeah, and and just had unbelievable heat. He had an interview segment. It was, I think, called Chicky's Sports Show or Sports Shop? Sports Shop, I think. And that it was like a Piper's Pit type segment. Oh, so right off of that, yeah, that must be Invader <laughs> One kicking Chicky in the balls. Um, this one's just crazy from the get-go. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let the action speak for itself now. I'm just going to turn the volume up a smidge. Yeah, yeah my, volume's not com- my volume's not coming through, which is okay because there are subtitles in Spanish and there's a way to change them into English. So at least I have a little bit of broken English subtitles going on. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I don't have the subtitles going on. 
But yeah, pretty wild right from the get-go. Um, but they're actually going to settle down and obey the rules of a tag team match here, or maybe not. <laughs> um, the other individual out there on the grass is Ron Starr, who I know from Stampede Wrestling when I first got into it in like 86. Um, he was there, rotten Ron Starr. He teamed with um, Wayne Ferris, the Honky Tonk Man, or Honky Tonk Wayne, as he was known in Stampede. And they were known as the Memphis Mafia. I think they also went by the name Devastation Incorporated, too, actually. Um, he was a top babyface in the late 70s, or like an up-and-coming babyface star in the late 70s. And he had a few issues with pay. I think it was with Roy Shire, the promoter in San Francisco. And he kind of took it too far. And I think he may have actually went to the press and kind of exposed the business at a time when that was considered like a death sentence if you're a wrestler. Um, and as a result, afterwards, he was kind of only booked in all these, you know, out of the way places like Puerto Rico, like Calgary, and and smaller promotions that were kind of desperate for any talent they could get. Um, but he was a great performer. He was a really good heel. Just looking at him, he looked like a total sleazeball. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was great. And bumping mad. Yeah. Now, was this at Roberto Clemente Stadium? I don't think it's Clemente Stadium. Um, <laughs> although that may, maybe the name changed later uh, i don't want to mm -hmm. butcher i don't want to butcher the pronunciation in spanish but i just know by the name of it that it's it's one of the more famous stadiums they used for wrestling back then of course a baseball primarily a baseball stadium announcers talking about the roots of the puerto ricans and how important the culture is to them. Okay. These outsiders, vicious outsiders. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about Chicky Star's heritage, but yeah, Star and and Butcher for sure from North, um well, Butcher was actually from Windsor, Ontario, but he was built from the Sudan and Star was American. I am surprised we have no blood yet. <laughs> yes, I know. Sometimes it's within the opening minute of the match. Yes. Especially from Abby. Uh, we'll see. It probably won't be too terribly much longer. Yeah, that'd be funny if we picked three Puerto Rican matches and assume, <laughs> just assumed there'd be blood and there's no blood in all three of them. <laughs> Now, without volume, I can't hear the crowd. How are they reacting to all this? Oh, yeah, it's pretty loud. I mean, they're kind of far away from the ring, but you can still hear them. Yeah. And they have those um, horns that are going nonstop. It is one of the problems of having a wrestling show in a baseball stadium. 
Yeah, especially when they don't have anyone near the ring at all. Um, the old uh, showdown at Shea cards from the, the old WWF and WWF too, uh, they would always have the ring like around like the second base spot on the field with nobody, no fans at least, on the grass. So if you ever see matches from those, it's mostly just the 1980 version um there's no real heat because they had like almost forty thousand people in the stands but they're so far away from the ring i don't know why they set it up that way i've been to a couple baseball stadium shows in minor league stadiums and they'll set the ring actually this one looks like that too but like in between a home plate and like the wall behind the catcher but those were, you know, had like 3,000, one did, and, and one of all things was Global Force, Res- Global oh, Force Wrestling. And they're around for a good month. Solid <laughs> yeah. 400 people. 400 people in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I've never been to an outdoor wrestling show, actually. I've always wanted to. Pretty much a normal six-man match at this point. Yeah, there's been a lot of ball shots. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's been pretty restrained relatively. You know? Here comes Abdullah. Is yeah. this, this is the first time he's been in. Yeah, yeah. Oof. This, the speedster. <laughs> yes. Well, he actually doesn't look too bad here. Uh, 1986. No. But, yeah, it wouldn't be too much longer. After this, there and where he became pretty immobile. I mean, Abby, when he started, he was actually relatively thin. If you've ever seen pictures of him from like the late '60s, even the early '70s, he was—he uh, was chubby, but he wasn't obese. But then just gradually, with each passing year almost, he just added an extra 15, 20 pounds, it seemed like. The dark side of the ring series, he looked to be much further down in weight. But, yeah, man, he is, he is a man that's not all there. I'm sure some of it's playing, the, playing up the gimmick. but Right. I sometimes forget that he's still alive, actually. Um, right. But yeah, he's had a rough decade or more. I know that. I just learned that the, uh, the sleeper, at least, uh, I, I couldn't tell who uses the sleeper in this match, but, uh, the announcer said that sometimes it will cause the opponent to go unconscious for 12 minutes. Ooh. <laughs> That's quite yeah, that's, a long time. <laughs> that is a very long time. <laughs> Guess that's why they're so insistent on waking someone up immediately. It can be dangerous. Mm. And Ron Star translates to rock star. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Mm 
Yeah, it looks like there's a little blood. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure if Star Ronstar's bleeding or not. But yeah, no, it's it's been pretty tame other than the hot start. Well, and you said this all leads up to an angle too, so. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to go crazy and um, blow through everything in this match. Hmm. Interesting here. <laughs> I don't know how this would hurt, but no. Make make it a nice stretch to the back. There you go. Awkward. It's one of my least favorite tropes of indie wrestling and uh, you know, WWE and AEW does this too, where they just drape the guy just drapes on the rope, and they have to hold themselves in place. Oh, yeah. Well, the other person, oh, it drives me nuts. Yeah, don't get me like, started. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, um, Alberto Del Rio was like the worst offender of that when he was in yes WWE. I know it's so stupid. Um, even now, like especially in the last few months, whenever someone dives over the top rope and there's a huge crowd to to catch right. the wrestler that didn't bother me so much but in the last few months i just every time i see it i just uh it's so obvious and it's just they've overdid that spot so much <laughs> in the last few years that i think it almost needs to be retired um it's just just it, it's lost all impact Interesting that we haven't really seen Abdul and Carlos interact. No, that's yeah, perfect. Saving that because mm -hmm. they're planning a pretty epic feud going forward with them. There's the hot tag to Carlos. Yeah, there you go. Red hot. <laughs> Okay. Carlos's head is at, at, is at least as strong as Abdullah's. Oh, yeah. I know. It's it's really a stalemate there. <laughs> Just punches and headbutts. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess it's good if you're Abdullah. Abdullah just sitting on the second rope and taking it doesn't even have to sell. Yeah, no, it hasn't been too difficult an evening for Abby yet. Let's see what's going to happen here. Big clothesline. That could be enough. <laughs> I was going to say the camera was going to completely miss it. <laughs> Got back to it just in time. <laughs> Got distracted by the, the brawl out on the field. <laughs> oh he's got something and that's the angle right there that leads to a serious violent chapter in this feed so writhing in pain what was that supposed to be I believe it was uh, was it ammonia 
Is that something that would hurt? <laughs> uh, yeah, that would definitely hurt. Yeah, that would definitely hurt. <laughs> and that hurts the nose if you if you breathe it. Right. I believe that's what it was supposed to be. Is ammonia. Something and I get that. Yeah. That man some water. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure how long Carlos sells this injury. I think probably for a, a good month, maybe. Maybe more, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, it's a good old-fashioned blinding angle. And over the years, those kind of angles have led to some of the most um, popular uh, shows, biggest shows, Big money feuds come out of blinding angles, and this one I'm sure will be no different. Yeah. Carlos taken through the dugout and to the back for some immediate medical attention. On TV, I'm sure this was played out with him with bandages and probably debate as to whether his career was over and and then you know he suddenly rallied to um to come back so that's what we're going to look at next cologne versus abby in what is called a vengeance match also from 1986 so that that was just a table setting match um I, I included it basically because I wanted to see the angle at the end. Like, that's all I knew about it, is that it was going to end with Abby throwing ammonia into Carlos's eyes and, and kickstarting uh, an extra violent chapter in this feed. So, yeah, I mean, as a match, it was, it was nothing special. But historically, this, this leads to one of the more... Um, it's, it's looked at as kind of the most memorable chapter in their feud. Oh, and they feuded God for many, many years. And I do have some uh, some info from wrestling data that I'll go over during this match uh, of the basically kind of a Cole's Notes version of the history of uh, Abby and, and Carlos Colon. So any thoughts on that match before or the last match before we go into the next one, Steve? Oh, it's a good table setter. It was just a you know a, a regular six man match. It started with a brawl, ended in the brawl, and it was get to the angle across. And like mm-hmm. I said at the top, to uh, you know, I don't know what's yet to come. I'm sure it's going to be a, a huge brawl if it's called a vengeance match. But just watching that on its own, I wouldn't have any idea where the angle was coming from. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Yeah, also not speaking the language or being able to understand. You don't know exactly. Just throw in a random video. And, and, I mean, these guys, they're legendary for feuding. Like, like when I first got into wrestling, some of my first memories are seeing pictures of Cologne and Abby soaked in blood and just being kind of terrified and, like, thinking, oh, my God, this isn't WWF. This is... This must be real. These guys are trying to kill each other. <laughs> um, and I was always intrigued. I was like, where do I find these these matches? Um, it was just and – and, like, I knew it was from Puerto Rico, so that added, you know, some mystery to it. And just, mm-hmm. like, the feeling, like, like down there, wrestling's, you know, 
only ends when one guy is dead or something like that. Just um, based on what I saw in the magazines and in other, uh, like a, it was um, um, a book that I had um, very early on in my fandom. It was basically Wrestling's Greatest Feuds. That may have, may have been the, the title. I think I mentioned this on a previous sure. podcast. Yeah, and it was full of uh, George Napolitano uh, photographs of different feuds. And of course, Abby and Carlos had a chapter devoted to them in that book. So I've seen a few Cologne Abby matches over the years. I'm pretty sure I've never seen this one that we're about to watch. Um, how about yourself, Steve? Have you seen any uh, Cologne and Abby? I have not. I, I've seen a bunch of Abdullah matches from the U.S. during the territory right. days because he'd be a guy that would pop in as a special attraction. And like mm-hmm. you said, fr- frightening looking. And yeah. that would be where you see him. Yeah. I don't know if I told you too. My, uh, my, uh, I have a friend who owns a comic book shop. Is actually just there today. And at some point over the years, he bought this collection. There's probably about like 15 long comic boxes of wrestling magazines from the oh. 70s, 80s, 90s. Wow. It, it's, it's quite the collection. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I would love to have um, a collection of 70s wrestling mags especially 70s early 80s i did when i was younger i collected from about 86 to 99 2000 and had a ton at one point but when i um moved out of my parents house and um they were gonna move elsewhere as well so we were getting rid of a bunch of stuff i just i was um i wasn't watching wrestling anymore at that time so i didn't care and i just was Mm -hmm. like okay let's just take everything to the the, the recycling bins outside of uh, one of the oh. <laughs> one of the grocery stores, uh, not too far from where right. I lived at the time. Yeah, I know I didn't get any money for them, and yeah, but uh, I mean, I just I had no connection to them anymore at that time. It came at a point where I just, like I said, I wasn't watching anymore. So, but I've regretted that decision for for years now. Like I didn't save any of them. I let them all go. I should have at least saved like the. PWI awards issues or something, but no, just let it all go. Anyway. um, Yeah. Well, we're going to have to talk about comic books one of these days, Steve. I'm, I'm a pretty big fan and I think. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, you are too. And I, in fact, I just signed up for Marvel unlimited um, minutes before we started the call today. Oh yeah. You'll enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. I'm going to be doing a podcast with my friend, Travis, uh, He's, he's doing yours, mine, and the truth. Here's a, we can do some plugs right now. Um, and the, the uh, concept of the show is that he talks about something from his youth with each episode that he you know, had a huge passion for when he was younger. And we're going to talk about Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man comics. And uh, I, yeah. I just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just realized when he was texting me earlier that I don't think, I'm pretty much 100% sure I don't have all of the, the Todd McFarlane Spider-Mans anymore. I used to have almost all of them, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I don't anymore. And my collection is under a bed in the guest room and I didn't want to even bother <laughs> to check. So I was still contemplating um, signing up for Marvel Unlimited anyway. So I thought, oh, this is a good excuse to 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 um, bite the bullet and subscribe. And I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's. Um, I actually... 
you know, uh, Ben Morse, who used to do a lot of stuff with Place to Be Nation, worked yeah. at Marvel for many years. And so I had, I can say this now because he doesn't work there anymore, <laughs> but I, he, he gave two years of it to me for, for free. Oh, awesome! Um, which was which was amazing. Like I'm I'm pretty cheap, so um, <laughs> but I still have it a- after having it for a couple of years. You know, I've I've bought it since yeah, then because yeah, yeah. it's well worth the price. Yeah, and I don't subscribe. I, um, I just bought. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That that friend, that friend who I I just talked about bought a huge collection of trade paperbacks from a local man who was kind of similar to you, just like had way too much stuff away he had way more than than you did he had like a good hundred boxes of trades minimum wow. and i was able to buy the omnibus of all of mcfarland's spider-man for like 50 bucks even though it's like a mm-hmm. 150 dollar book so that i had some of those as a kid but they were so popular that the price went up very quickly because mcfarland was so big yeah and so i never Ever was really able to afford them, so now, uh, you know, now having the book, that should be my next thing. I've been struggling to figure out what to read, but yeah, starting with the McFarland Spider Man is a good place. I met cool. him once too, but yeah, but that, yeah, this could be a whole other podcast. There you go. Yeah, well, like I said, Trav and I'll be talking about it, and uh, probably about a, it'll drop about a week from, let's see, tomorrow probably. So yeah, nice. Um, and then, like I was about to say, I, I stopped subscribing to the WWE Network, so that's where I'll just mm-hmm. I can easily justify this expense. But it's just like transferring it from one um, of my obsessions to another one of my obsessions. But yeah, we should get back to the matter at hand. A little uh, diversion there, but that was uh, I, I threw in a cheap plug for a PWO show, so it's not a big deal. And <laughs> so Carlos Colon, Abdullah the Butcher, Vengeance Match, 1986. And we'll start on go. Three, two, one, go. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, what a difference a match makes. Um, look at the crowd. This is the same stadium. Well, the date says... Yeah. Um, Date says June 15th, 1982 on the screen. I'm wondering if this has been um, the uploader on YouTube uh, mislabeled it. We'll soon see. Well, I don't know if we'll be able to tell the difference. Is this 82 or is this 86? Um, Either way, we're going to get a crazy ass match with a hot crowd, with a rabid crowd that's right up to the ring. Yeah, I don't know. Judging by the look of the crowd, it could go either way. Um, could be 82, what was could it? be 86. <laughs> what did it say for the the month? Did you the, see that at all? I think it was June, I want to say June 1982 on the screen. Okay. But the video says clearly says 1986. Yeah. In the title. So, oh, well, I mean, either or. (laughs) Um, We're going to get a a crazy bloody match. Um, Whether it's the one we thought we were watching or it's not, not sure. I'm kind of thinking this is earlier. It looks like it may be a bit earlier. It's from the same stadium. But this time they have 
tons of fans on the field. Not sure why they didn't. I guess maybe the last one just didn't have enough, um, wasn't enough of a draw to warrant having them on the field. Who knows? Yeah, it could have been. Here we go. But this is yeah, it has a, a very major. a very clear date in the you know the June fifteenth eighty six vengeance in the afternoon. Vengeance in the afternoon. Right. Huh. Let's see what the yeah, because even the description yeah says June fifteenth eighty six, but on the screen it clearly said eighty two. So unless I meant something, yeah. This is wrong. One of them isn't right. I'm looking at the comment section just quickly to say if, to see if anyone's corrected on the date. And so far, I don't see anybody questioning the no, I didn't. the dating. Nor did I. Oh well, let's uh, let's see. Is Abby busted open yet? <laughs> <laughs> Won't be long. But anyway, yeah, before this match gets totally crazy and out of control, I'll give a little bit of history on the feud. This is from Wrestling Data. Uh, according to Wrestling Data, Cologne and Abby first wrestled in September 1968 in Montreal. And according to the results, that match ended without a winner, which is kind of interesting because I, I kind of thought Carlos was – he wasn't like – he was – kind of a jobber to the stars before he became big in Puerto Rico. Um, I think, I guess, um, in some areas he was pushed, but not, of course, like a main eventer. So it's interesting, the first ever match they had um, was a no decision. Then they had a, had a tag in Montreal a year later, and that ended without a winner also, according to this. And then here's something I didn't know until this morning looking this up. They actually wrestled a ton in in Stampede in the early 70s. Um, and, and Carlos was known as Carlos Belafonte in Stampede. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was, I think, kind of pushed. Yeah, he had, there's a result that's for the North American heavyweight title, which was the top belt in Calgary. But they wrestled everywhere, Saskatoon, Red Deer, Regina, Edmonton, Calgary, of course, Lethbridge. Um, so they, it looks like they feuded in Stampede, which is something that never really gets talked about when talking about this feud, which is one of like wrestling's most legendary feuds. And then... Yeah, it looks like all, all the way around the horn. Yeah, all the way around the horn. I'm looking. There was a... Was there any... Oh, yeah, one of them was in uh, July 4th, in Ed, uh, 1970 in Edmonton, they had a Texas death match. So it was already getting pretty hardcore in the early days. Then they had another engagement three years later in Stampede, 1973, where they went around the horn. So that's interesting. I didn't know that at all. Um, for some reason, I just assumed they didn't start feeding until Puerto Rico. And then the first Puerto Rican result I can see here is June 2nd, 1979. 
between them and it ended up without a winner, <laughs> which is a common theme. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, no, sorry. There was one in 1978 right before it, right above it. Abby defeated Cologne for the Puerto Rican heavyweight title, November 18th, 1978. Then they wrestled in all Japan in 79. Quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, a lot of matches with Bob, uh, Baba. Mm-hmm, lots of tags. And Jumbo Ceruta. They actually teamed with each other. Abby and Carlos in Japan on that tour. And then, yeah. And of course, if you've seen Starcade, the very first Starcade from uh, uh, Thanksgiving night, 1983 in Greensboro, one of the undercard matches is um, Abby versus Carlos Colon. And I believe it was, it's been years since I saw it, but because it was a, to that crowd, it made, you know, it didn't mean anything. There's like really no heat for it at all. Um, and Cologne actually had a few sort of less than impressive appearances in the States in the 80s where the crowd would even like basically turn on them and, uh, and cheer the baby face. So Carlos has a, has a shiv. <laughs> I'm sure Abby introduced it into the match. But Abby's paying the price. Jesus. Yeah, so they kept going all through the 80s. I think they even last met in the ring early in the 21st century, if I'm not mistaken. Well, as late as 2006, they wrestled in a, a six-man, but they were on the same team. Looks like their last singles match, at least what's on wrestling data, was 1997 in, uh, in Puerto Rico. Now, Carlos did take the shiv out of his own pants, oh, out of his really? own tights. Wow. Yeah, at the... It turned out I was on mute. I was like, what? Yeah, I was, I was, um, <laughs> I was beginning to wonder. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been here. I've been watching. So, yeah, he took the shiv out of his own pants. And this this has to be the correct match because he's going right for the eye. Right. Yeah. Every every stab is, is toward the eye area, and Abdullah's selling it. So then my only problem with this match is that Carlos should be somehow, you know, have like a bandage over his eye or... yeah. Yeah, that's often one of the most famous matches that came off a blinding angle. Unfortunately, there's no footage of it, but it was uh, between Junkyard Dog and Michael Hayes at the Superdome in New Orleans in 1980. And in that match, JYD was still blind. And mm-hmm. they made yep. it a, a dog collar match in the in the cage. And it was perfect that way because with the dog collar, then – it was believable that JYD at least had a chance because he was physically attached to Michael Hayes and could control him even though he was blind. And yeah, so that's one 
that I can think of where the the wrestler was still actually blind going into the into the match, the vengeance match. No, I think uh, I was on mute in this because I'm a I am a podcast professional. Um, <laughs> yeah, you and I both. <laughs> yeah, so Cologne, you had mentioned in the U.S. wasn't getting over, but like his style doesn't really, you know, translate to the mainland United States with just punches and headbutts. I mean, it could if you have a if you have a big feud behind it. It oh, gross. What a man. <laughs> Just splurted. <laughs> yeah, I think if Carlos was like a homegrown territory babyface that had wrestled in the same territory for years in the States, he would have been fine. He would have got over. He would have been a star. But just coming in cold like that, he, yeah, he doesn't have anything in his repertoire that's particularly like awe-inspiring. And his look is pretty, you know, normal. Even as a kid, when I saw him in the mags, like I was talking about the, how bloody the feud was and how that kind of terrified me. I, at the same time, I looked at Carlos Colon and kind of thought, eh, he looks pretty ordinary compared to Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage right. and <laughs> later the Ultimate Warrior and all the other superheroes that the WWF had. And even the guys in, in the NWA Crockett looked more impressive. And one... Um, show in particular that I'm thinking of. I think it was the, it was a Meadowlands card at the end of 1985. It was a Pro Wrestling USA show, which was um, a combined NWA, AWA super card. And Carlos is on that card and he's just booed out of the building by the, yeah, uh, <laughs> by the snarky Northeastern fans. Um, by 1985, he was just, he looked, you know, old fashioned and basically, without the history as being a territory superhero, he just, yeah, he just, he wasn't going to get over in, in the era of the steroid monsters in the States. <laughs> it's great how the blood is going to be on the camera for the <laughs> remainder of the match. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you think you'd have like a, a washcloth or something. Yeah, no, they don't care. Uh, yeah, can you imagine that, that today? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, they probably, WWE would stop it and clean everything up. Okay, and I uh, heard that they there's a Kyrie Sane match this week where she got, uh, Kyrie Sane got cut open and they basically just stopped everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, to be fair, though, I heard it was a pretty bad cut, but still. It, they've had worse where they stopped, you know, it was just like a regular, like in the old days, it would have been just considered a normal blade job, mm -hmm. no big deal, where they had to, you know, completely stop the match and have the guy, the cut fixed. And that's just, that's something I loathe <laughs> in, in modern wrestling. Oh, yeah, there was a, the famous one a few years ago with, uh, Samoa Joe, I think that was in NXT. Yes, against where, where he got Finn Balor. Yeah, yeah it was a huge match they were building to. Also, yeah, it was the and, main event of that show. <laughs> yeah, and it was just an accidental. It, yeah, it just is completely accidental, and Joe was mm -hmm. just yeah, just angry. It just mm -hmm. completely took took everyone out of the match. Yeah, yeah, it was within the first couple minutes of the match, and yeah. 
Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. There's one with CM Punk from I don't know when it was. It was when he had the beard and the long hair mm-hmm. where he's just like the look on his face while they're attending to his cut is just one of the total disdain that they had to stop things. <laughs> I'm going to kick the blood out of you. <laughs> yes. Jeez. I, I did like how the ref intervened and uh, it just asked Cologne for the shiv and Cologne's like, oh, okay, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess. I'm, yeah. He's already got him cut open. But geez, it's been nothing but just shiv attack and punches. <laughs> And now we got a good old-fashioned wooden chair being introduced. Abby hasn't done anything. Just the referee no, she... just took one to the gut. <laughs> Three shots. Abdullah just taking it. <laughs> He's got, what, like 10% offense in this oh, match? Yeah. If that. It's been all Carlos. Almost to the point where now, you know, Abby needs to do something or else it's like kind of getting boring. It's kind of getting like, dare I say, Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon from (laughs) WrestleMania, where it was just Bret beating on Vince for like 15 straight minutes. Of course, this is way awesome or way more awesome. (laughs) uh, Yeah, we could use some heat here. (laughs) I, I knew you were going to say that match as soon as you, like, dare I say. Which, hot take, would have been just fine if it was, like, five, seven minutes. Oh, that yeah, would have been exactly. perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to do a one-sided babyface beating, it has to be, like, five minutes, <laughs> seven minutes tops. Yeah, it has to be short. Um, that was and just I- so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Abdullah just looks sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) The blood's still on the camera. Just let me take a nap, boss, please. (laughs) Well, we're at 16 minutes, 14 seconds of a 25-minute video. (laughs) She's now the eyes. Yeah. From the eyes back to the head, or to the head back to the mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah. Pure brutality. I, I don't know. I'm starting to. It's the same as some of the other matches. Like, I'm starting to be on Team Abdullah here. Yeah, I know. It's baby facing Abby. Oh, here we go. Finally. <clears throat> See if we'll see double juice here. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> or was it just a brief, just a hope spot for the heel? <laughs> a hope spot for the heel, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this, not, this, this has to be the 86 match coming off the, <laughs> the blinding angle. It's just. Yeah, it just it would. Yeah, it makes too much sense. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Even the commentators agreed with me on that call. They got it? the crowd to stand up. Yeah, I know. That was that's your high spot for the match, folks, right there. Uh, biting. Lucha Cologne. <laughs> yeah. This video has almost a million views. Wow. That's impressive. There's people that want to see Abdullah's eye get clawed out. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's what Carlos said he was going to do coming into it. Referee thinking of stopping this. I think that may be a good idea. Oh. Might not be a good idea for the referee if he stops it from the I think we this got crowd a, might not like that. No, we got the a doctor in the ring, apparently. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but Abby to his credit doesn't want it to end. See once again, he'll being booked like a baby face mm. <laughs> Yeah. But different territory. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's not like Vince McMahon threw ammonia into the heart or to the eyes of Bret Hart. <laughs> then it may have been justified. <laughs> uh, but he threw ammonia into so. Threw it into the, the hearts of all the Brett fans. <laughs> That's right, yeah. That was the Montreal screwjob. Ammonia into the eyes of Canadian fans coast to coast. Brett threw the ammonia to Brett. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would be the true revenge here if he gets a bottle of ammonia. <laughs> Throws it in Abdullah's bloody eyes. Yeah, that would pretty much be the end of it. Yeah, I mean, if he just cared about that, that would be the match. It would just start, Abby or Carlos would go up to Abby, chuck ammonia in his eyes. <laughs> ding, ding, it's over. <laughs> if wrestling was real, of course. <clears throat> This does, you know, you say that, but this does have a bit of realism in the storyline where Carlos is just, you know, this isn't a match. This is, mm -hmm. this is a fight. Yeah. This is a, just a straight up fight. Yeah. And it's not like a, a like a mainland America fight where, you know, wrestling yeah. fight where they brawl around this stadium and right. walk fight. No, it's just basically that's, it's what it is. It's vengeance. Pure vengeance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is, it's kind of, in a way, it's like an old Bruno San Martino cage match where it was only over when Bruno thought, decided it was over, where he <laughs> had enough of kicking the heel's ass for 10, 15 minutes straight. <laughs> and then he would walk out of the cage. 
And now we're getting to the story where it's not just trying to stab the eye. Now he's just trying to knock him out cold. Just, <laughs> just trying to smother him now. Just kill him. Yeah. Jeez, God. <clears throat> Blood dripping onto the mat. <laughs> really? A, you're checking? Uh, well, I guess it's the eye. Okay, I get it. Yeah. All, all good a, doctors yeah. <laughs> stick their bare, their bare hands into open cuts <laughs> yeah, with yeah. no gloves. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's... Yeah, I don't know if they applied any makeup or something. It looked like for a moment there it was all... Something was Bruised wrong. up. Yeah, bruised. Got the El Presidente of Puerto Rico is here to throw in the towel. It's the only way it could end. Here's another, yeah, another man in a suit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know who these guys are. No, no idea. Waving it off, that's it. Yep. <laughs> well, clearly he's the winner. <laughs> right. I had him at on points. There goes the uh, forget. <laughs> the the one man in the white uh, slacks just kind of. Uh, all right, I'm not stopping this. <laughs> I don't know if anybody is. Stuff starting to get thrown in the ring now. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need some wrestlers from the back. Okay, maybe Abby's gonna get out of here. Another chair. Yeah. Who's gonna go against who who's gonna what wrestler is gonna want to save Abdullah from Carlos? <laughs> Good point. I think the only way this can end is Abby just runs away. Just, yeah, brought to the back here. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a good storyline. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. I mean, considering the ammonia angle and the years of history between the two of them. And yeah, they made some big money here. Oh, and God, yeah. <laughs> it's still open-ended, and you know, because Abby... He was the match was called, but he was never pinned, and he's still and he's walking back to his feet. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's leaving on his own hour. So yeah, you can keep going with this if you want, and maybe he could wear an eye patch for a few months to sell the effects. Oh, <laughs> I just saw someone run. Yeah, I've lost. Yeah, I don't know if the wrestlers are even still out there anymore. That's a pretty big crowd. Yeah, there there's a good couple thousand people. Oh, Cologne being carried by the fans. Carried off. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. Fans on the dugout. Wow. Fans jumping off the dugout. <laughs> that was great. That was a great moment to end it all. So Can we got imagine, a- <laughs> Can you imagine bringing your kids to this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
no, no, it was just normal back in those days. Yeah. Even today, I'm sure it's not a big deal. Um, crazy. Yeah, that was a big win for Puerto Rico. So we got a bonus cage match. I can't remember why I tacked this on to the end. I thought it had something to do with the the matches we just watched. I'm not sure now. But anyway, it's it's a cage match, so how bad can it be? And it's Carlos Colon in 1986 in a cage match with Chicky Star, who, if you remember, he was involved in the six-man. He was the manager of Abdul the Butcher and basically the top heel in the territory. So we'll wind things up. Well, let's let's maybe discuss if there's anything more to discuss the vengeance match. Steve, uh, final thoughts on what we just witnessed? I wish there was a little bit more. I, I, the same thing as we talked about with Brett and Benz. I wish they would have cut a few minutes off of off of it. Yeah, um, because it was almost like I said, ninety percent to ten percent mm-hmm. in favor of Carlos and punches and. Headbutts yeah. and shivs, but yeah. Uh, yeah, gross. I thought Abdullah did a fairly decent job selling. If you take into consideration how big he is, that he wouldn't just go down based on a a punch or a couple of headbutts. He just had a right completely wear him out until you know twenty minutes in. He couldn't get up anymore. Yeah, so yeah. It's I, not yeah. not bad, not bad booking. Just too long. Yeah, that's my thoughts too. That yeah, it just got just too long where it's the one-sided beatdown. But yeah, overall, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a great feud. Carlos being carried off the field was awesome. But yeah, it's it's not a classic match in the sense. I mean, I would recommend it for sure, but. I think they had, uh, between the two of them, definitely there's better ones out there um, available that are a bit more uh, compelling than, than a one-sided ass-kicking. But considering the, the angle, considering where the feud was, I mean, it made sense. But, yeah, it was just a little too much of the one-sided asking. Yeah, you could have shaved a good five-plus minutes off. But uh, that's, that, was, that was cool nonetheless. I definitely hadn't seen that. And then you had the blood on the on the camera lens. That was cool, too. Uh, or a good 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least, yeah, 15 minutes. It was, it was there most of the match. So, yeah, that, that was that's uh, Carlos and Abby. That's um, straight. That's, that's from the, the magazines, that match right there. Uh, bloody. I guess he, uh, also you could have had Carlos also bloody, too, just to have the, the true epic bloodbath. Um, but there must be one or multiple um, matches like that on YouTube between them that you can find. Okay, so we'll end this. I have no idea what this one's going to be like. This one, I'm assuming, is going to have some blood in it too. And uh, we'll go out with Carlos Colon and Chicky Star, 1986, in a cage. Three, two, one, go. And from the description, this is August 3rd, so... A few weeks later, and Chicky Star is, according to the author, Abdullah the Butcher's manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he managed all the. He was kind of like um, it was like a Jimmy Hart in Memphis with Jerry Lawler situation, where it was just um, Chicky bringing in one heel after the next to go against Carlos mm-hmm. for years and years and years. 
Um, and this is from a different stadium. I didn't get yes. the full name, but it was definitely different. Um, right, this is definitely smaller town, probably. Yeah. So, <laughs> Carlos, not waiting for Chicky to get into the ring. Oh my God, this could be this could be very similar to the match we just watched. And it's one side. already on the run. <laughs> yeah. with, with the screen quality, uh, Chicky looks like who's the AWA uh, announcer who would uh, the interviewer, oh. not Mean Gene, but the other guy. Um, with the... Um, Nelson. Um, yep. What was his Mike first Nel- name? Bob Nelson. I can't remember. His, I'm blanking totally. Larry Nelson. Larry Nelson, yep. Yeah, you know, you're right. It does look like him. <laughs> we're, we're wearing the white tights, so. Yeah, that's a And Carlos wearing red. <laughs> Interesting. So it looks like this is Escape the Cage Rules, which is interesting because um, WWF was actually yeah one of the lone territories to to use Escape the Cage. But now that I think about it, there was a lot of um, there was a connection between WWF and Puerto Rico for a long time because Gorilla Monsoon was part owner of the Puerto Rican territory. Yep. So maybe that's um, he influenced the the cage match rules, and Carlos, of course, also um, he he wrestled a lot in New York in the early seventies, late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, a lot of Madison Square Garden appearances. Yeah. So we just got a slugfest. <laughs> we should should have like tried to figure out how much offense Chicky's getting in compared to Abdullah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's already more, and I think Chicky's already busted open. Yeah, he was busted open pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering if he got if he got busted before he got into the ring, but <laughs> definitely awesome. when his face got <laughs> busted before he even got into the cage. Yeah, record world record for. Leading in a match, <laughs> I I think he is getting more office because I don't recall Carlos being off of his feet in the of the vengeance match. Yeah, I wonder if there was a, like a real fear in that match, the previous match, of a riot happening if mm-hmm. Abby had controlled too much of the match, and that's maybe why it was so one sided. I don't know. Um, there it's an is interesting theory. Yeah, one of the Matt Abby um, Carlos matches I have seen did have a crowd riot in it, but I want to say that was from Trinidad and Tobago and not Puerto Rico. But still, I mean, a super heated atmosphere. But yeah, there's a definite uh, crowd riot there. Maybe there was a history in some Puerto Rican matches between them too. Oh wow. Uh, Gonna do the balancing act on top of the cage here. In 1986. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Larry Nelson getting his shots in. (laughs) 
wouldn't. That'd be a weak finish if he just punched Carlos out of it. And he's changed his mind. Oh. Hey, Car- Carlos, not the most athletic man. Not as far as um, like high spots or anything. Even like uh, you know, balancer. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, this is the third straight Carlos match, and we haven't seen much other than punches, really. Had I, I kind of like that. <laughs> I do like this match, though, in terms of, oh, look at that, a little cartwheel. <laughs> Carlos has a little bit more fire in him and putting a little bit more on the punches. And... Yeah. Yeah, well, this is maybe, this had probably been building for a long time. Get uh, Chicky one on one in the cage. <laughs> These guys fought as recently as two thousand and four. Oh yeah. In the mount. (laughs) (laughs) Ground and pound by Carlos. I can't get over the the Miller and the Menon ads on the the wall. (laughs) Menon, Menon not really a brand you see anymore. Carlos is is busted open too. Yeah. That, that man, that is really now you got that in my head, the theory of not wanting Abdullah to get much in, so there's not a riot when you have all those people around the ring with no barrier, really. Yeah, and coming off such a heated angle with the ammonia yeah. in the eyes, who knows? Um Yeah. It's it's because you have Chick Chicky yeah. getting more offense in. Mm-hmm. He's got more offenses. Carlos actually got busted open. He didn't in the other match. <laughs> Chicky wanting to leave, but the ref not seeming to want to open the door for him. <laughs> Jeez. Trying to find a way out. Trapped like a rat in a cage. Interesting cage setup where there's on a couple sides... A little bit of room to be outside the yeah, yeah. just on the ring. Yeah, the two sides or whatever. I like Carlos going for the pin earlier. <laughs> okay, Carlos. I think Chicky's just about had it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this is it. Great way to end it. Pile driver. Whoa. Oh, lost him. <laughs> almost lost his balance. Oh, there's the towel. Oh, it's Ron Starr again. Got it in. Maybe that, that must have been the step. Had to be a... Escape or... A surrender. 
maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, door is open now. Carlos still Carlos, done. <laughs> he's such a he's such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Never satisfied. Yeah, we haven't been impressed with the baby faces lately. Remember Autumn Hans no. against Sergeant Slaughter? He was a prick in that match. That would be a match. A series, Car- Carlos versus Otto. They have to go back and forth between Puerto Rico and Germany. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then just, what? Well, just, I don't know. I don't even want to speculate on how that would be. Um, probably pretty bad. <laughs> I did. I, I kind of badmouthed um, Otto Vons on PWO, and someone that has watched a lot of Otto came back at me and 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 sort of called me out for how can you say he was a bad babyface? He, you know, he drew you know large crowds, and and the, of course the match we saw with Slaughter had a large crowd and all that, and so <clears throat> I, I I kind of apologized, saying, yeah, I know, I, it's just one match. And I, I, I hate it when um, people badmouth favorites of mine just based on one or two matches. And then I kind of asked, well, is there, you know, someone can show me, uh, point to me some quality Otto Vons matches and a few posters, I think, um, provided me with some links. One against Terry Funk, one against Dick Murdoch. And when I saw those, I was like, oh, well, wait oh, a second. Well, of course, Terry Funk and Dick Murdoch can have a good match. <laughs> They're two of the greatest broomstick workers of all time. Watani's <laughs> um, jacket recommended the bull power matches. So we'll see. Maybe down the line, we'll check out. I, I definitely would like to see the, the Terry Funk and the, the Dick Murdoch matches, maybe, just to see what. Give out. Yeah, give Otto a second chance. But then when we did that episode, and I, and I appreciate the feedback, of course, <laughs> but I mean, even in those obituaries and the, the looking back at his career, right. people buried him. People weren't, didn't exactly have nice things to say about him. No, no, he's, he's definitely a polarizing figure. I mean, that, that's sort of the one positive that people point to is that, yeah, he was a huge drawing card. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, uh, um, anyway, I won't, we won't, um, we won't, uh, pile on poor auto again. So, so, uh, did you enjoy those matches, Steve, that we watched today? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I was surprised how much I liked the Tiki star one, but that's, that's exactly my point of, you know, that was nine minutes, mm-hmm. the entire video. So match probably about eight minutes mm-hmm. and about as long as it should have been. He got a bit of fire in uh, to start off, got that shine. You thought it was going to be eight minutes of him just destroying Chicky Star, but Chicky got a little bit, mm-hmm. held his own for a couple minutes, and the beating didn't go. It, it wasn't over the top. I was terrified for poor Chicky on that pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. And I, I like the finish. Actually, like having Ron come out and throw in the towel. He wasn't mm-hmm. ever excited. He literally, literally ran out from the, the locker room through the dugout yeah. to, to throw it in. So and not a not a bad match. And overall, again, seeing the entire feud. Well, not not the entire, but at least you know the bookends of the the feud mm-hmm. helped too. I, like I don't think I would have appreciated the vengeance match if we just had that one match. 
Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need need the um, the other parts to uh, make it more satisfactory, for sure. And yeah, I, I mentioned like the Bruno style cage uh, match against in the in the Carlos versus Abby match, but it, actually the uh, the one the last one we saw with Chicky that was you know it was in a cage obviously, but that was more like the Bruno style cage, um, not as long, um, pretty mm-hmm. one sided ass kicking. Um, only you know, but actually Bruno, like I said, would walk away when he was satisfied. <laughs> Carlos seems to never be satisfied with the uh with the killing <laughs> killing his <laughs> opponents has to be pulled away but um yeah bit of a yeah. bit of a sadist <laughs> yes yeah i think so i think he definitely took uh took pleasure in in the bloodletting but yeah that was that was still fine we can always go back to puerto rico it's it's like a bottomless well of uh of goodness out there with tons of uh, possibilities. There's some like full like commercial tapes that have been uploaded to YouTube, like the best of the bloody matches and stuff like that. And yeah, there's, there's all kinds of crazy wars. Like we've seen like the, the other one we watched was um, Cologne versus Dick Murdoch. And that was okay. Barbara match, mm-hmm. but we, but we really haven't seen like true classic Puerto Rico, um, out of control oh, mayhem and blood yeah. We, yeah we still haven't seen that so there's i mean the, the 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 abby one was pretty violent but um no there's, there's yeah there's yeah there's plenty there's some on here there's a bloody bloody matches of the caribbean volume two <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> i know i love the titles they're, they're like the uh ecw tapes in the 90s similar <laughs> similar yes, titles definitely. that just that's all it was is like getting you to buy based on the blood, and it definitely worked for me with ECW in the 90s. Um, it broke Sabu's neck. <laughs> yeah, the Sabu's neck was, yeah, exactly. Awesome stuff. Okay, well, next time, um, we haven't really discussed what's next, other than you sent a link to a YouTube playlist uh, put together by Chris Hero, I believe, of um, World of Sport matches. And Yeah, uh, very... Yeah. Within the, last, within the last couple of weeks, he put that up. It, I, I don't even know how I got down that wormhole uh, a couple of weeks ago to seeing if there is any, you know, idea where he might be going or if he's just taking time off and he's just doing stuff. He, he's got his own Reddit where he's breaking oh, wow. down matches that he did. He broke down his match with Goshizaki and then said, oh, yeah, by the way, I put up this playlist. And yeah, lo and behold, there's like, 20 25 world of sport matches that are kind of under the weather under the radar type stuff mm-hmm. so. yeah no I, I went over the list I, I don't think i've seen any of those matches before chris hero he is yeah he's definitely a pwo type fan he oh yeah even years ago he was on letters from kayfabe with parvin allen they had him guest on one <laughs> where they talked about like uh Nikolai Volkov's face turn in 1990. I remember that was one of the, <laughs> one of the subjects. So, yeah, he's a super cool guy um, and has, has very good taste in wrestling. That's for sure. So, yeah, I was thinking maybe we'll do a full-on World of Sport episode next time, full-on England, uh, England episode. But uh, there's other possibilities too, of course. So I guess the only thing left is a few plugs. 
How's it going with uh, the main event these days, Steve? Do you have anything to watch at all? Um, uh, no, I know they did a, I was off last week. Uh, they did a preview of Double or Nothing. So I'm sure we'll, we'll go over that on the next episode. Not, you know, probably the, my least favorite AEW show, but I mean, it was really the circumstances more than anything. Um, really fun DDT wrestling like main event in the stadium, which mm-hmm. uh, I got I got great joy in watching, especially with watching it with my my kid. So cool. if you're into that type of man, it, it was just fun. A lot of creative spots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, silly. It, it was a silly match with. Um, one of my favorites of that type that they've done over the years. I think it was more tongue in cheek uh, than say some of the stuff the WWF was WWE has been doing. So I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll go over that. Like, like you said, there's, there's really not much uh, to watch right now. It looks like some of the Indies are starting to figure out plans on how to come back, but yeah, it's hard to find interest in it. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I did watch the stadium stampede. That was the only match that I watched from mm-hmm. the, from the card, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's all the personalities involved. They're you know masters at doing that kind of uh, silly match comedy slash you know unusual setting uh, match. So I knew it was going to be good, and yeah. But I just I mean the no crowd stuff doesn't appeal to me at all. I haven't been seeking any of that out and uh, we'll see i mean it's going to be a long time before there's any semblance of normalcy for wrestling shows unfortunately but um that's why we got the the old shows to fall back on there's there's tons of yeah yeah tons of those i guess my plug um not even for myself but as we say that looking back at old wrestling like for the people listening, pick up one of the services of indie. It doesn't have to be like New Japan or something like that. Like um, I've been paying for high spots recently and there's a ton of great stuff on there. I have um, the promotion in Chicago, AAW, um, which is kind of like a Midwest version of PWG. I've heard it called. I've been to a couple of their shows. And so I just started going back to the earlier shows that are on the service. It's I think like 10 bucks. There's all of PWG on there. And so, it's been funny. They, they get a little kickback. They can't put on any shows at this time. So um, there's some decent stuff on there. Some guys who never really made it anywhere. Like I'm on a match right now, ACH versus Rich Swan from like six years ago. So when they're up and coming, it's just like, eh, you know, 10 bucks. It's better than spending the 10 bucks on, uh, on WWE Network. And yeah, it pays the bills for people to put back on shows after having to take, you know, a good year off. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the biggest issue is how will indie wrestling um, adapt or survive going forward. And I've heard nothing but good things about AEW. I I can't say I've ever watched any of it, but yeah, everyone I know has praised it. Yeah, so that's cool. And plugs for myself. I already plugged uh, Travis Washington's Yours, Mine, and the Truth. That's a that's a fun show. It's it's not wrestling, although the the episode that's coming out tomorrow is a wrestling uh, focused episode, where Travis talks about Owen Hart because that was Travis's mm. first favorite wrestler. We both grew up in Calgary in the '80s, 
And uh, Owen Hart was, yeah, he was pretty much my first favorite wrestler too, or one of them. And him and a, a mutual friend of ours, Zubin, are going to be talking about, I assume, sort of like the career of Owen Hart, looking at his Stampede stuff and also looking at his WWF work. So that should be super fun. Uh, World Class is, is, you know, we keep going. We've entered finally, unfortunately, the first um, big dark moment for the Von Erich family with David Von Erich passing. So I think the tone of the shows may change a little bit going forward. We'll see. And we got a big David Von Erich memorial sort of uh, tribute show coming up in about three weeks, I think. So look out for that. And then next week, we're doing a world cast of the champions on the career of the junkyard dog. This was something oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. It sort of just uh, evolved from him. Like JYD has been in world class lately. And then the boys, we got, we got talking about how much we like JYD. And I decided that with Johnny's 50th birthday coming up on June the wow. 5th, we're going to do that show. The JYD tribute as like a, as a uh, Johnny's birthday party uh, combo sort of thing. So look for that on June the 5th when Johnny turns the big 5-0. And Ooh, yeah. Happy birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday, John. That's, that's good, good for you. Yes. So who knows how that recording is going to go. It could be crazy. And <laughs> <laughs> It might just be you and Pete. <laughs> yeah. By the end, maybe. Who knows? Uh, it could be a flashback to an old Titans of Wrestling recording. Who knows? Um, yeah, so that, that's great. And then of course, yeah, we'll keep going with the international, international house of combats and, uh, yeah, the PWO feed is full of, uh, all kinds of stuff. Now we've, we've officially become more than just wrestling. So yeah, uh, always check out the feed and yeah, we'll be back, uh, next week. See you guys. Bye-bye.